We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFP Nation All-America podcast presented by Twisted Tea. I'm Bill Trochi, senior editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our national college football writer at SportingNews.com. You can follow Bill on Twitter at BillBender92, and you can follow me at Bill Trochi. And keep an eye on the main Sporting News account at Sporting News. If you enjoy this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and submit a brief review. That would be very helpful for us. Bill, what was the bigger event last night, the unveiling of the first rankings in the College Football Playoff Selection Committee or the new candy that came into the Bender oh. household after uh, some trick-or-treating? Uh, we got a lot in the house. They're still sorting it out. So that's, I mean, either one. I mean, like you, we talked about last night with Brian Driscoll, there was, didn't realize we were going to get split hairs over Washington and Michigan and beating Michigan state over by 40 points, but that's what Brian does. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like I was thinking about that this morning. I was like, they both won by 40. What are we doing? Um, <laughs> but, uh, Brian does a, an awesome job and, and we're grateful for him because he, he gets me going a little bit too. So, um, yeah, but we're ready to get into week 10 here. This should be good. Uh, I did peek ahead to week 11, week 10, week 11 is going to be even better, but, uh, we got to do week 10 first. Yeah, yeah, we'll do week 10. We've got our viewer's guide, of course, and our confidence contest update. Trochi's still in the lead. And then uh, we'll get into our, our Trochi trivia answer. Here's the Trochi trivia question. I told you I was a little rushed, things going on, whatever, but I think you and I can piece it together. I know of three teams that have exceeded their preseason over-under for wins. Can you name those th at least three? You and I can talk it through. There might be more than three. I didn't research everybody. I got three right off the bat. We'll see if you have those three. I know for sure those three. So no two for sure, but I don't yeah. know the third one. I know we'll three. See. I know three for sure. So it might only be three. I don't know. I haven't, like I said, I, I ran out of time to uh, go through everybody and research it. But anyway, all right, let's get through our viewer's guide for week 10. It's going to be exciting. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, We've got at the noon window kicking us off. We've got, oops, sorry about that, Notre Dame uh, at Clemson. Notre Dame's number 15 in the rankings uh, that came out last night. Notre Dame at Clemson noon on ABC. Notre Dame is a three-point favorite. Uh, But before we talk about Notre Dame, let's talk about Dabo. Dabo uh, took his call from Tyler from Spartanburg. Tyler is now famous. Uh, He questioned Dabo's hires, called him arrogant, said something had changed since 2018, and Asked him why he's getting paid roughly eleven million dollars a year. So, what, what what did you think about that whole the, the latest Dabo episode? Well, I mean, everybody has the same answer with Clemson. They always the first thing out of their mouth is transfer portal, and yeah, they're going to have to consult the transfer portal. But on the field, I think sometimes it is what it is. Like a Clemson, Ohio State, and Georgia, and Alabama don't have a first round quarterback this year. They have so much talent. But it doesn't really matter. Like, I, I know you probably get a little bit annoyed with me because I get, I just say, well, like Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State, they have better players than everybody else. So what are we doing? And <laughs> what, Clemson, like, like that's the simplest answer. They, none of those teams have a first-round quarterback, and they're all in still – Georgia and Ohio State are one and two, and Alabama's one game away. Um, I think the difference with Clemson is you got spoiled by – the quarterback play. I mean, they went from Taj Boyd to Deshaun Watson to Trevor Lawrence. And Taj Boyd was a record setter in the ACC. The next two were first round picks. Now you look at their team this year, their leading receivers, Bo Collins with 400 yards, two touchdowns. Cade Klubnick's been okay. I mean, you know, for, but he's not, you don't watch Cade Klubnick and be like, oh my gosh, it's Deshaun Watson. And I think that's been a big difference for them. So I, I mean, that to me is they, they lack the explosiveness of past years. And to me, the transfer portal doesn't necessarily solve that. So I think that's going what's going on at Clemson. This could be, they're going to get beat again Saturday, by the way. And so it's not going to get better this week because they're playing against a very good Notre Dame team. But it's like, Dabo, you can't attack your own fans no matter what. I don't care what they say. You know what I mean? You just be like, yeah, it's a tough year. And you just kind of roll on like, he was too defensive. He went into attack mode. He came back hard at the guy, and he didn't totally back down the next day at the press conference. I mean, there was a funny moment that <laughs> someone, well, Dabo asked the writers what they were going for, going out as, as for Halloween and costumes, and yeah. someone said Tyler from Spartanburg, which you know got a good laugh. He seemed to have an okay 
attitude about it, but he didn't really back down and, you know, he's just complaining about the fumbles and nothing's his fault and everything. And, you know, there was a little bit of truth to what Tyler from Spartanburg had to say about the Clemson program. Um, but you just, you got to take it. That's part of the job. I don't, it's, I don't know. It just, I don't know if he's trying to rally his team. I don't know if it would help to rally his team. Like, Oh, I got your back and everything. But all he was doing was lifting, listing off accomplishments that happened before this team. So I don't know how that's going to rally his team necessarily. Well, and people have strong opinions on Dabo because he doesn't back down. That's actually one of the reasons I like him. I mean, he says things and he has strong convictions and he doesn't care what other people think generally. He cares. I mean, Tyler probably caught him the wrong week. They just lost to NC State. They're not used to doing that. Um, and people have all these suggestions for him. I just say, oh, yeah, you're right. I mean, he should have just played it off. But you know, what Dabo's done there has been incredible, but he needs to evolve a little bit. They tried with the Garrett Riley hire. Their offense is a little predictable, but the talent on the defensive side is still there and, and they're going through a rough patch. I don't, we'll, we'll see where it goes from there, but I, I, I still think it's related to quarterback play receivers. You know, where's that talent? Whereas, you know, you still got to just continue to stockpile four and five star guys. And that's what Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, to some extent, Michigan, Notre Dame and LSU do. So, I mean, if they want to keep up with those schools, that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to continue to recruit and stockpile and figure out ways, whether it's NIL, transfer portal, combination of all three, to, to get that talent back there. Notre Dame beat them 35-14 last year. They had a touchdown on a block punt. They had like an 80-yard interception return for a touchdown, which is the formula they've actually used the last two weeks. They have five special teams slash defensive touchdowns against USC and Pitt. So. You know, Notre Dame's offense is having its issues. They they still haven't quite hit their stride, but they are making plays big time all over the field uh, on all three phases, and that's been the key the last two weeks. If they can make some plays down in Clemson, they will uh, stay on track for a potential New Year's Day Bowl. We'll see. Uh, but uh, Clemson will drop to four and five if they don't get this W. So that, that will be really interesting. All right, next, Kansas at Texas Noon on Fox. Kansas State, sorry. Kansas State at Texas Noon on Fox. Texas is a four-point favorite. Two of the five teams tied atop the Big 12 at four and one. Texas will be without Quinn Ewers for the second straight week. Malik Murphy handled himself fine against BYU. He was 16 for 25 for 170 yards. He had an interception. He had a fumble. He had a sack. And he had no positive rushing yards. He only had one rushing attempt, and it was when he was sacked. So, He's not the dual threat guy uh, that that you might expect, but Kansas uh, on the other side, Kansas State has outscored Houston and TCU the last two weeks, eighty-two to three. You like Kansas State in the upset in this one? I do I mean they've they've figured it out on both sides? I mean this was a close game last year with Ewers on the field and one score game that that Texas did win when they were underdogs. I mean, Jonathan Brooks has been fantastic for Texas. So I think that's the key for them that, you know, can Kansas State slow down him because he's he's borderline All-American uh, with the way he's been doing that. But this is a good Kansas State team. Like you mentioned, the last two weeks, they're crushing teams. They, uh, if, if Missouri doesn't kick a 60-yard field goal against them, they, they'd 
be in the hunt like everybody else. And they've got this defense that allows 15.9 points per game. Texas is at 16. So I wouldn't be surprised if this game's a little bit lower scoring than people anticipate. And the lower scoring it is, the better chance Kansas State has to go down there and go steal one. I have not watched Kansas State outside the Missouri game, which they lost. Yeah, you said 61-yard field goal on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. Kansas State, I did like Will Howard in that game, though. The quarterback, he, you know, in, even in a loss, I was really impressed. He was really good. So Kansas State might even have the quarterback advantage in this one. Who knows? But that will be a really good one on Fox to keep an eye on. Uh, uh, next on the docket, number one, Ohio State at Rutgers. Noon on CBS. Ohio State is an 18-and-a-half-point favorite. I think CBS has a triple header this weekend. Uh, noon. 3.30 and 7.45. So Ohio State will kick it off for us. Rutgers is 5-0 and at home. Uh, one of those is a bit of a miracle rally against Michigan State. They were down 18 points in the fourth quarter in a rainstorm. And then they got two special teams mistakes from Michigan State. Turned the tide. They won 30, uh, sorry, 24-21. to Quarterback Gavin Wimsat is the 11th rated passer in the Big Ten, a conference not known for its QBs this year. Uh, Rutgers' five wins against FBS competition have come against teams with a combined 14-26 and 26 <laughs> record, and none of them have a winning record. So I'm poking, a little, poking holes in the theory that Rutgers is good. Uh, so we'll see what happens on Saturday. What do you think of this Rutgers-Ohio State matchup? Well, Ohio State's won nine meetings with them by an average of 40 points per game. Uh, 42.1, I'm sorry. And... Uh, I mean, still, Rutgers, they, they're they decent. I mean, by Rutgers standards, they're good. I mean, they've won six games. This is, Rut this is Rutgers we're talking about. They, uh, they're probably that middle tier of the Big Ten. So, you know, but I think for Ohio State, it's got to be more of a business trip and staying focused. They are number one. We talked at length about that last night. Um, you know, living in Columbus, it's amazing how they've gone. Rutgers has gone from the trash team that played Michigan to the very awesome challenge it's going to be out there. But that's how it works with these games. Um, and as Brian said last night, it was a one-score game at half with Michigan. But, uh, yeah, Ohio State will be fine here. I think their defense is, is really good. They'll be able to stress Rutgers out. I didn't check the weather. I mean, the weather could always impact. The weather's been funky up here the last couple of days, but I had Ohio State covering the spread, but it might be a little tight in that regard. 18 and a half is a lot of points. It is. It is. But I think they can do it. And, you know, Marvin Harrison is good for eight to 10 points by himself. I swear. He is, uh, he's moving up the Heisman rank. Wouldn't it be interesting to see a, a one, another wide receiver come and do it? And, you know, Devonta Smith did it with Mac Jones at quarterback. This would be interesting with Kyle McCord. I don't know that McCord is as well regarded as Mac Jones was. I mean, coming into the season, he might have been, but you know, Mac really played terrific the whole season, put up huge numbers. McCord doesn't necessarily put up huge numbers, but Harrison is just he just elevates that offense so much and does so much for that team. It's it's gonna be interesting, especially if um, you know, neither. Caleb or Penix shows out this weekend. Now, a game we're going to talk about down the road here. Uh, that'll be a good uh, boost for Harrison if neither of those guys goes wild on the West Coast on Saturday night. So, next, 
We'll go to the afternoon window. This is the 3.30 game on CBS. Number 12, Missouri, at number two, Georgia. Georgia is a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. I was listening to David Ubbin of The Athletic on one of their podcasts this week, and you know he talks to a bunch of coaches, and he said that some of the coaches they talked to felt if Missouri can protect Brady Cook in this game, things could get interesting. Uh, this will be the best QB Georgia has faced. And Missouri's gotten better and better as the season has gone along. They have a game changer at wide receiver and Luther Burden. Uh, they threw a scare into Georgia last year before losing 26-22. Everything says we're going to get a game here. Uh, with Georgia, that usually means it will not be a game, right? I mean, Tennessee last year, supposed to give them a game, couldn't do it. Uh, Oregon last year was supposed to give them a game, couldn't do it. And then, of course, this year, Kentucky and Florida. So, you know, Ohio State is basically the only one that gave him a game in, the, in that playoff last year. So what do you see from Missouri? Are you falling into the old uh, this should be closer than we expect category? Well, I had Missouri covering, but I wish I could change it. Because <laughs> I think now that Georgia's number two, I can just see what's coming. I mean, and there's a little bit of heat here. There, I mean, Georgia, obviously – Played a close game with them last year. Uh, this one dates back all the way to 2011-12 with the whole grown man football thing. I was talking to Matt Latowski about that last night when Sheldon Richardson claimed that Georgia didn't play grown man football. And then the next year, Georgia beat them 42-10 to and wrote that out on a whiteboard to let them know. So Georgia knows about Mizzou. I don't think they're going to take them lightly. Uh, yeah, but I mean, to David's point, yeah, the – if they protect Brady Cook and he can get the ball to Luther Burton, yeah, they'll, they'll make this interesting. And if they can run the ball with Schrader a little bit and limit Georgia's possessions, they'll have a chance. I still don't trust that Missouri defense on the road. I think Kirby Kirby seven and zero against them, and and uh, a lot of these games haven't been real close. So it, I think I picked like I said Missouri to cover early in the week, and I kind of wish I could change it after what happened last night in the rankings. You can change it in the pod if you want later on. When we do <laughs> I might. Contest. You can do that. I might yeah, do I'll, it. Give both, I'll give you both sides of the fence on that one. But Georgia, it feels like they've just been waiting to be tested, yeah. waiting for these good teams that are backloading their schedule. And they're going to have a, a, you know, a challenge the next three weeks with the Ole Miss and Tennessee in addition to Missouri. So I think they've been waiting for this. They've been building for this. And they – you know, did a little sleepwalking early in the season, but they're ready to come out and flex their muscles like they did last week against Florida. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. 
Next up, we got Oklahoma at Oklahoma State, 330 ABC. Oklahoma is a six-point favorite. It's uh, the final installment of Bedlam, which they will probably say 15 times during the telecast. Uh, Oklahoma State has been made no bones about being bitter about the end of Bedlam. Uh, Oklahoma has won 17 of the last 20, 11 of the 17 by double digits. So it's been a little one-sided, but here's why Bedlam is an apt name. Since 2008, Oklahoma has scored at least 41 points. Oklahoma State has scored at least 41 points five times and lost. That's some Big 12 defense that you love to talk about right there. Uh, the fun part of this is Oklahoma State comes in this one on an unexpected roll. They were left for dead at two and two. They had a 33 to seven loss to South Alabama. All of a sudden, they're four and one and tie for first in the Big 12. Uh, they're, this is two more of the, that five way tie we talked about. They have a four game winning streak, wins over Kansas State and Kansas. And all of a sudden, they have a big chance in this game. We talked about OU earlier this week. They're, they're one fourth and sixth stop away from winning against Kansas, obviously, but it didn't happen. Unbeaten season's over. Playoffs, still a possibility. Uh, my guess is Oklahoma State will be a popular upset pick, which means Oklahoma will win by two touchdowns, right? <laughs> I I got I thought about taking Oklahoma State for all of the reasons, the emotions of the last one in Stillwater. Mike Gundy might be three and fifteen against Oklahoma. They won't care if they win this one. It's the last one. You know, it, it, this would weigh like ten times. Yeah, it would count as like ten if they could win this one. Ollie Gordon's been fantastic for them. Uh, 214 rushing yards per game the last four weeks during this winning streak. They've got it together. It's going to be super hostile for Dylan Gabriel. I still think my, I guess, um, I took the emotion out of it, and then logic tells me Oklahoma still wins the game. Maybe not by two touchdowns. I think it's it'd be tight. I still like Oklahoma State against the spread, but I just see Oklahoma sneaking out of there all the way to the SEC with one last win against them, and you know, you saw the back and forth between Mike Gundy and Ryan Bosworth tweeted a little bit about it. I mean, this is it's a shame that this rivalry is going away. It's stupid that it's going away. And uh um I didn't see the bat the back and forth. Boz got involved. Yeah, uh Gundy talked about it in the his press conference about, you know, he said, you know, Brian Bosworth spit in my face and I spit back at him, and then Brian the Bosworth, and I've had a chance to talk to him for a few a few times. It's, always amazing um he responded on twitter and called them little brother as usual and it, it uh it was fun did he, did he tweet from fansville was it the fansville sheriff's office he was tweeting from? <laughs> probably right but he uh you know it's this going away it, it's one of the casualties of realignment if there was a casualties list of realignment this would have to be at or near the top of the list for me agree agree Evening window. Uh, we've got Washington at USC. We got what? What is uh, Washington was what number six five. last night? Five. five. Washington number five against USC was number twenty. Uh, Seven thirty ABC. Washington is a three and a half point favorite. Best quarterback matchup of the season. The one we've been waiting for. Michael Penix, Caleb Williams. It's going to be a joy to watch. Uh, the over-under in this game, 76-and-a-half, which is a little bit of a contrast to Northwestern Iowa, which is 29-and-a-half, although I think it may it may have ticked up a, a point or two. 
since then. We talked about USC on Monday. The offense gave up seven touchdowns to Cal. How many will it give up to Washington? Um, A lot, but I think Washington's <laughs> going to give up a lot too because neither one of these teams can stop the run. Uh, Washington's given up 160 yards rushing the last three weeks. Hasn't looked good. Uh, apparently, according to Brian Driscoll and Mike DeCourcy, they're best team in the country because they won a game by a field goal. But that was a shot at both of them. <laughs> they can take it, but... Um, I think they're going to lose to USC. I, I think, and it's, there's nothing. Yes. I know USC's defense is bad, but part of this wrinkle and it's theory, you know, all this talk about Caleb. Well, Mike Penix will be talked about at the draft too. So for Caleb, this is a locked in game. I think he has a fantastic game. Um, you know, this was supposed to be for the Heisman trophy. It probably won't be that, but, and, and also for Lincoln Riley, I mean, they're 0-2 as an underdog. They're an underdog here. Maybe they finally win one there. I mean, I think there's more questions around that USC program. I just have a feeling, like I said, that there's no logic to it. If you want to pick Washington and say, that's fine. They probably will. But I think this is going to be a back-and-forth shootout. When you get up in the high 30s, early 40s, either team can win. Like It literally becomes a coin flip who has the ball last. So I'll just assume USC has the ball last. Yeah, it's just like you said, I think Caleb is waiting for this game and he wants to show what he can do head to head against Pennick. That's a great point draft wise, but there's just nothing he can do about their defense. Obviously, it's like that's the thing that's so frustrating for him to watch to put up 50 against Cal and sweat out a two point conversion. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they're pretty bad on that side of the ball, but uh yeah, I mean that—that's the downside of trying to pick an upset like that. That was one of I've been, I've been picked a lot of upsets this week. I, had, I think I had three on our picks this week. It was K State, it was um, USC, and oh, I had one other one, but we, we'll get to that one in a second. Number fourteen LSU at number eight Alabama. This is the third game on CBS. You don't even have to change off CBS if you want a great great day uh, start to finish on Saturday. LSU at Alabama. Alabama is a three-point favorite. This was a thriller last year. It's usually a really good game. Uh, 32-31, LSU beat him in overtime. Brian Kelly goes for two and gets it at the end of the first OT. LSU wins the SEC West, and they partied on in Baton Rouge. This one definitely could have a similar feel to it. It's very hard to read this one. We've got – this is the SEC rankings. Uh, the offense, LSU is one. Alabama is nine defense. Alabama is three. LSU is 13. So we got a good offense against a good defense. When LSU has the ball, bad offense, bad defense. When Alabama has the ball. And I, I don't know if you call Alabama bad offense, but they've certainly struggled, uh, but they won't have a difficult defense to go up against. Jaden Daniels has the, the clutch gene in the fourth quarter. He couldn't quite make it happen. At Ole Miss earlier this year, they lost 55-49, but he accounted for five touchdowns, and LSU had 637 yards in that game, so that's not really a negative in uh, the Jaden Daniels uh, column. He was clutch against Florida State last year. That 99-yard drive at the end, you know, in the opener, they ended up having the extra point blocked. That wasn't his fault either. He was clutch against Alabama last year. He was clutch against Missouri this year. Drove him 75 yards for the winning touchdown. Point is, it's, it's a close game in the fourth quarter, and I'm Alabama. I'm scared of Jaden Daniels. 
Yeah, but I still trust my defense. I still trust Dallas Turner. I still trust being at home. I mean, it, it, it is a contrast in styles, and this was a close game last year. Um, uh, Crimson Tide, second in the SEC in pass efficiency defense. I mean, that they'll be fine. And I think Jaden Daniels did make those plays. And But, I mean, I don't know. It's at home. It's a, it's it's one of those big games for Alabama. They had a week to prepare for it. Um, it's going to be fun. There's a lot of value in taking LSU because their offense is better. And it, there's definitely, I mean, like I said, I won't fault anybody for taking the, the better offensive team in a big game. But I'm going to trust Alabama as usual. That's what I do. I'm like auto set to them, and especially in this game, because I think they can force a few turnovers. Maybe there's no metric that that like that SEC shorts I was talking about yesterday talks about. It's like there's some reason you just scratch your head. How's Alabama winning? They're terrible in the first half. They can't run the ball. What are they doing? It's because their defense is pretty good. Their defense stops the run. They're if they can make sure that Jaden Daniels doesn't beat them in the running game, which he did last year then they're going to be fine. Now let's remember they got beat at home against Texas in a very hyped home game. So like the invincibility of Alabama at home took a hit a little bit already once this year. So we'll see what happens on Saturday for that one. Uh, We have a 10 o'clock game to keep an eye on. We got Oregon State at Colorado, 10 o'clock ESPN. Oregon State is a 13-point favorite. Can we... Rant a second about Oregon State's decision to fake a field goal oh. before the half against Arizona and then go on to lose by three. It was like they said to Oregon, hold my beer after you guys passed on a field goal against Washington from the three-yard line, which wasn't a good decision, but it was semi-defensible with the fake field goal from the 20-yard line. Right. The kicker was expected to run between the tackles 25 yards. Obviously, it was a horrible decision. The biggest problem I have is – if your kicker goes between the tackles and gains about 10, 12 yards, that's a successful play. Right. And yet you still didn't score. So best case scenario, you still didn't score a touchdown. Right, that was dumb. Cost them. I mean, a lot of these <laughs> coaches are allergic to field goals and their points. I mean, it's game management. And in the NFL, I mean, I've seen a lot of frustrated coaches kick field goals because you take the points. And that was a great example of that, especially on the road. On the road, and uh, Arizona yeah. was getting the ball to start the third quarter. Like everything yeah. about it said, take the points. Right, and now they go on the road, and I don't think this is a game they're going to lose. But I mean, Dion's team's still scrapping. I mean, that they're still playing. They they forced four turnovers, some of them not forced, but they got four turnovers against UCLA last week in the first half. They're really good at creating turnovers. They're third in the FBS in turnover margin, and. Travis DJ, Hunter's two interceptions were yeah. unbelievable. Both of yeah, them. Yeah. So and DJ turns it over a bit. So, I mean, this is a dangerous game for them. And, in, and with Colorado, everybody wants Colorado to be bull eligible. If they're going to be bull eligible, they have to win this game. This is the one they need. You know, two. They've got to win two out of three or two out of four. They're not going to beat Utah. So let's make it two out of three against uh, Oregon State. Arizona and Washington State. And this, if they get this one, yeah, Dion probably get them to a bull game. That would make people from ESPN or Fox or whoever very, very happy. Oregon State likes to run the ball. Colorado's near the bottom of the conference and run defense. So that might be an issue. But um, Colorado's third in passing, 
And I can see I can see Colorado covering this two point. I mean, this two touchdown spread. Oh, for uh, sure. With that offense. So, all right, let's jump into the confidence contest. We both went three and two last week. I ended up with 12 points. You ended up with nine points because I got the five pointer season tally. Trochi 69, Bender 60. As a reminder, we do five against the spread picks. Any five games we want, we order them. Bowl confidence pool style, five points, four, three, two, one. Bill, I'll let you kick it off with your five-point guess this week. Um, or not guess, five-point selection. You don't guess. You're a professional. Right, 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 right. I've, I'm, I've got six games here. on the. Sp- I'm just going to do it as we go. I've got the six I like, but I've got to eliminate one as we go. I'll start with... I'll go Alabama minus three. That line, mm. is, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and say they win that one. And there, like I said, there's a lot of value in LSU. The reason why you're winning this confidence contest is I never get my five-pointer right. So it probably <laughs> bodes, doesn't bode well for the Crimson Tide. But uh, I picked them against Texas. I remember that. So I'm going to go Alabama minus three. Biggest game of the week. Biggest pick of the week. Jaden Daniels is going to terrify you on Saturday night. That's all I have to say. I'm taking another SEC team, Georgia, minus 15 and a half against Missouri. How many times have we seen this? This is where Georgia lays the smackdown, just like they did against Kentucky and Florida earlier this year. They've been waiting for these games. I'm going to take Georgia, and they cover the 15 and a half. My four is going to be, and that's a good call, um, Penn State minus 10. Did that? I don't know if that line moved. Since I'm going off, I mean, what what odds do we use? Bet MGM. Bet MGM. It was ten last time I looked. If it's still ten, then I'm going to take them against Maryland. I think they had their scare last week, and they still won by nine. I think they're the better team, and they're going to get themselves right before the Michigan game. Maryland's kind of crumbled a little bit. It's again, you know, living in the Central Ohio bubble. That was a huge game three weeks ago, and now Maryland's five and three, and losing to Northwestern and. Uh, they're just kind of falling off the rails a little bit. I know that's at Maryland, so there's always the risk for that. But I like the Nittany Lions in the 10. Get back to their ways of covering the spread. I was going to say, everybody knows James Franken likes to cover the spread. He likes the front door cover, the back door cover, whatever cover he can get. Right. He will go for it. They have an unbelievable record against the spread the last two years. I, for my four pointer, I looked at that one very hard. I passed on it, but I, that's a good. If I was going to go with somebody, it was definitely going to be Penn State. My four pointer, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. I'm walking into the trap plus six against Oklahoma. All the reasons we talked about, they have the momentum. Uh, they are at home. It's it's such a trap, but you know, Ollie Gordon has been terrific. Like you said, he's tearing it up. They've settled on a quarterback. Oklahoma's defense could not come up big when it needed to against Kansas. And I think Gordon might have another big game. Six points. That's that's a lot to that's a lot to take in this home game. So I'm gonna take the, the Cowboys. Cool. I got yeah, I, I stayed away from that one. I I it's bedlam. It's it's well that's why. Because I was like, either way, uh it could go that way. Uh I got old miss three. You know, Jimbo had a one week reprieve about buyout buyout talk because they won, but it's coming back after this one because the Rebels minus four and a half at home. I don't know why that line's so low. I would have stretched that out to a touchdown. I mean, they beat Texas A&M last year. They've got they've quite, they're probably the quietest seven and one team in the country, which is ironic because we're talking right, about they're in the top and, 10 in the first rankings and no one talks about them. We barely talked about them last night, you know, so uh, 
that's a good thing for Lane Kiffin and that team. And I think they so they can benefit most if LSU beats Alabama because they would be tied. They would be technically in the SEC West lead, or they'd all three be tied, right? Because LSU and but Ole Miss would technically be on top because LSU and Alabama would have two losses each. That one each in non-conference play. Yeah, I mean, that's fact. Ole Miss would be, if LSU beats Alabama, Ole Miss will be the highest ranked SEC West team next week if they win here. So I'll go with the Rebels. Yep, I would think so. My three-pointer is going to be Notre Dame. Minus three at Clemson, two teams. Headed in opposite directions right now. ND seems to have its head on straight after that Louisville loss. Then they had the bye week. Uh, they're making plays and special teams. They're making plays on defense, making some plays on offense. Clemson simply has not been a playmaking team this year. I don't know if they have the playmakers uh, to make a difference. You know, they have talent. Defense makes you work. Could be low scoring, but three points is basically you just have to win the game. And I think ND wins the game. Yeah, All right. that's risky. I mean, coming off the brunt, or what's his name from Spartanburg? What's the kid? Tyler. 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 Yeah, I mean, I think Clemson will come out fired up, but I still think Notre Dame's a better team. Um, and it's a noon kick. It's not a night game. Uh, two-pointer, Kansas, two-and-a-half-point underdog on the road in Ames against that big t- big 12 powerhouse, Iowa State, that, that you know, all that big 12 conference talk, you know. They probably hate me because I rip on that conference quite a bit. But, um. <laughs> Yeah, I like the the Jayhawks to keep it rolling. That's dangerous because it's night game, Ames. uh, What do they say about games like that? This game is drunk. That factor is high for this one. Um, But I'll go with the Jayhawks with a small – that was my other upset this week, a small upset. Big week for the Sunflower State, Kansas and Kansas State. I had them both this week. Wait, Iowa State's favored by two and a half? Yeah, I'm getting two and a half. Right. They're, yeah. Like, I think. I, I'm not sure. One. That's but, interesting. Uh, MGM. I'm not uh, sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure when I saw I'm not a believer open, in Kansas yet. I mean, sorry, in Iowa State yet. That's no, that's the Ames factor. So, that's a good pick. Yeah. They're right. still, uh, it's two and a half. So I'm getting Kansas is a two and a half point underdog. Hmm. Good pick. My uh, two pointer, Nebraska, minus three. At Michigan State, one team, everything to play for. They're trying to get to a bowl game. That's an important thing for Nebraska. And they have five wins right now. And they're playing Michigan State, who's on a six-game losing streak. They got nothing to play for. They are imploding. So I'm just going with one team that has something to play for, one team that doesn't. And it's only a three-point spread. So I'm taking Nebraska minus three. I was told they were a nobody that Michigan played, even though they went there and won by 38 points. Um, and now they're going to be in a bowl game. Good for Matt Rule. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that pick. I think they keep it rolling. My one-pointer, and I'll make sure to watch the late-night TV. I got UCLA, even though I I flipped on this one. I, I love Arizona. I've been a big fan of them. But I think UCLA spoils the party this week. I'll take UCLA two-and-a-half on the road. Uh Love that Bruins defense. Love that running game. That kind of stuff travels. Arizona's a really good football team right now. But I think the Bruins spoil the party, and they I'll, I'll take them minus two and a half on the road. That is going to be a late one. That's going to be a good one. I mean, mm-hmm. both of them. Yeah, It'll that's be a fun game. Good offense against good defense. It should be fun. 
Ah, uh, my final one pointer. I'm going with the uh, high scoring classic Northwestern plus five at Iowa. They're getting five points in such a low scoring game. That just seems to be a lot. I they score a touchdown early. That's a 12 point uh, spread situation right off the bat. So I'm going to this, you know, it's going to be 10, 7, 13, 10, something like that. The five points just to me when the score is going to be so low, it could be seven to six, who knows? So uh, I'm just going to take the points and uh, probably check in after this game is over. I don't know. I don't think it's going to make one of my screens too much during Saturday. So. <laughs> just, just check the final score on that just, one. Do yourself fair. Though Braun has done a nice job at Northwestern there. I have a feeling I'm going to, we're going to be talking about them in about 45 seconds. All right. Got you got to get out of here. Trochi trivia. Can you name at least the three teams that I know of that have surpassed their preseason over uh over under win total? Colorado? Correct. Northwestern? Correct. Then I don't know. Uh it'd have to be oh, um Boston College probably pretty close. I would say Boston College. They might or- be. I didn't research them. I'll give you a hint to the one that I'm thinking of that I know has crossed it. We've talked about him on the pod already. Bad sort team. of extensively. Really? Um, Missouri. Missouri. What was their over under? Six and team? a half. And wow. they're seven and one. Good for them. Yeah, I know. If you think back to Missouri preseason, it was like, ah, is Eli going to have another 500 years? Is he going to be on the hot seat? Boom. They're seven and one. So, yeah. So Missouri oh, has, second. Northwestern has, and Colorado has. I got to admit, I didn't research the rest of the Power Five, so um, that's the uh, that's Boston. The Col- What's Boston College's record? That it, it was five and a half, so they're probably like right on it right now. Oh. Uh, let me see if they're. I think they're five. They are five and three. So they're yeah, their next win they break their five record. and three. They haven't crossed it yet. Yep. Yeah, so, so so it was yeah. close. Anyway, good deal. All right. Well. That's it. It's going to be a fun week 10. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the CFB Nation All-America podcast brought to you by Twisted Tea on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you to Irish Breakdown, your source for Notre Dame football information. Uh, We will be back next week to break down all the uh, post-week 10 uh, activities and then go through the ranking show and all that stuff. So uh, enjoy the rest of your day, and we will see you soon.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.